0: Hello and thanks for listening to this surprise episode of Freewheeling. I know we dropped an episode yesterday about Strada Bianchi, but today is International Women's Day. I would have a hard time topping my episode from last year, which was Probably one of my favorite podcast episodes I've ever got to make. This year, I did get a chance to chat with Monica Garrison of Black Girls Do Bike, a very cool group of women in, well, not only the U.S., but started in the U.S. by Monica to basically just find some like-minded people and has grown into a full-on movement with groups all over the US and branching into Europe. Monica was incredibly inspirational to talk with and I really enjoyed getting the chance to hear about her creation of Black Girls Do Bike and the community that she's been able to build over the years. So apologies for the back-to-back episodes. If you missed the Strata episode, pretty please check it out. We... Really loved the race and had a great time talking about it. But for now, happy International Women's Day! Here is my conversation with Monica Garrison. I wanted to start with just an introduction. Can you can you tell me a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, I am. Um, <clears throat> I am a mother. Uh, I work as a full time photographer when there's not an international pandemic happening um, <laughs> i I started uh, Black Girls Do Bike an organization to get women on bikes about eight years ago almost nine years ago um, and that has been my passion project. Um, it's been very life-changing for me and um, it's brought me to this moment here with you today
0: Yeah, I've read up a little bit on Black Girls Do Bike, but I was wondering how the how the community got started, how the idea came to you.
1: Sure. Um, it was birthed out of a, uh, I guess it was the spring and I, you know, the birds were chirping and the sun was shining and and in Pittsburgh, we have really bad winter. So spring is like rejuvenating and um, all those fun things for us here. And so I, I decided to start riding my bike just to kind of fluff off the mental fog of winter and Um, And I thought, oh, I I could commute by bike. That might be fun. Um, So I I started to ride my bike. Uh, I became obsessed with it. I started to ride excessively. And I found that it really cured um, most of my ills. It it was mentally, mental relief for me. It was uh, physically, uh, you know, exhilarating and I was riding with my kids and they were loving it. So I had found a new activity to, to do with them. And so all of that kind of culminated into me um, realizing that this thing was great for me, but I didn't see other women who look like me taking advantage of it in my city. And so that was the idea behind Black Girls Do Bike. And I wanted to, you know, go online and find this group of women of color who were riding. I couldn't really find that group. So I thought maybe we should create a space for those women if they're out there. And, and if they weren't out there, I wanted to create a space to encourage them to pick up a bicycle and, and ride it and find all the great things that I have found on the bike. So that was, um, that was the birth of it.
0: Can you go into a little bit more depth about how life-changing it was for you, like internally and mentally?
1: Yeah, I I think I don't know if everyone has this experience, but for me, riding a bike is um, very much a mental exercise. It is I prefer to do it alone, to be honest with you. Um, and that's because it allows me to clear my head and not have to worry about, you know, any awkward social interactions or, um, uh, you know, having to worry about anything other than just re- concentrating on riding and focusing and, um, you know, f- and appreciating all the things around me that I'm, I'm riding my bike past. And um, so that's what it was for me. It was a way like after work, I could hop on my bike and somehow, you know, take the stresses of the day off my shoulders or, Before work, it was a great way to ride my bike. You know, there was a trail that rode from my pretty much from my home to the doorstep of my office building. So it was a way for me to set myself up mentally um, in the morning for a day that I anticipated was going to be stressful. Uh, As I said before, it allowed me to spend time with my kids, which was great because um, if they're like most kids, they spend a great deal of their time kids don't watch TV anymore. They watch YouTube and TikTok, And um, so like the iPad can become an extension of their arms almost. And when, when they're on the bike um, they're not thinking about that. And so I think that's great. Cause I sometimes as a parent have trouble pulling them away from uh, their devices, but cycling does that. Um, so, so it was great in all of those respects. And then physically, you know, you, you know, through the winter, generally you may put on some pounds, And, uh, so you come out of the, you know, I always say we have six months of winter here in Pittsburgh. So you, you come out of six months of winter and, uh, and you just want to like move your body and, you know, get, you know, step out of hibernation and into activity. And so cycling was, um, that cure for me. It was that way that I could get outdoors, get fresh air, um, and just kind of, you know, go into spring and summer feeling like I had some energy. And um, so it was a lot of things for me all wrapped into one activity.
0: I totally agree with you on that. Solo bike rides are my jam. <laughs> <laughs> I love riding alone. It's my time. Like so when I'm out when I'm riding, I just want to be by myself. <laughs> and Just yeah. listen to the birds. And so when you started Black Girls Do Bike, did you have much interest from people?
1: Yeah. Yes and no. I think so. I started it. And in August here in Pittsburgh, in August, we have a a pedal Pittsburgh, which is our like premier um, bike event that's put on by bike Pittsburgh. And so let's say I started riding like May, April, May of the year. And by August, I showed up at this pedal Pittsburgh event. My first time didn't really know what to expect. And in the in the interim, a woman contacted me. She had seen our Facebook page. And she lived probably an hour and a half away from Pittsburgh, but she made the trip in. I I wish I could remember her name. Um, She made the trip into Pittsburgh because she wanted to meet me and she wanted to ride and pedal Pittsburgh. Um, And I thought that was awesome because, you know, that was like one person that I knew had like gotten it. Um, And so it's funny because we were there and we were talking and and my mom was there because I brought her along because I was trying to get her riding. And when it was all over, she said to me, She was like, This is gonna be huge. And I was like, Yeah, whatever, mom. Like, you're my mom, you're supposed to tell me that. Like, um, but she saw the excitement in this woman's eyes and the passion, and she and she saw something that I didn't see. Um, so in that respect, yeah, it was it was well received. It did take some time for us to, you know, get to the point where we were creating writing groups and um and I was getting, you know, tons of likes on our our posts on social media and things like that. Um, but I always remember that one moment meeting that woman in Pittsburgh and thinking, yeah, this actually could be something.
0: And now you have 100 chapters all over the world?
1: Uh, we're a little, we just got to, I think, 103 at last count. We need to update our website, actually. And uh, and in late 2021, we added a, a London chapter, which is our first uh, chapter, so we are. We can officially call ourselves an international riding group.
0: And you, yeah. each of the chapters is run by shiros.
1: Yeah. So we have ladies who are. They're all volunteers and all volunteer army, uh, as I say sometimes, and uh, and they are called shiros. Uh, obviously, play on the word heroes, but they take the lead in their cities in, in terms of inviting folks out to ride, making connections with. Bike shops and and businesses and just looking for opportunities to um, encourage more women, um, women in general, but especially women of color to get on their bikes.
0: How how big are each of the chapters and what what's involved with um, the community other than just riding bikes? Because I imagine with something like this, it's it's about bikes, but there's so much more to it than just riding a bike
1: the so the chapters vary in size i mean we have chapters that have 30 members we have chapters that have you know 2500 members um usually it depends on the size of the city that they're located in obviously um i think like atlanta is probably our largest chapter um but we have you know all may every major city dc los angeles new york and even some smaller towns even anchorage alaska which I, i think is pretty cool Um, But in terms of what they get from it, our our tagline that we just started a new tagline this year, which is fellowship, fitness and freedom. Um, And I think that really, uh, really, really narrows it down to what we accomplish when we get together. So the fellowship piece of it is, you know, these women from all walks of life uh, are getting together around the idea of cycling and finding, finding joy in it. Um, and then, you know, they're using it for fitness. So for physical fitness, for mental fitness, uh, and then there's a freedom. The last part that comes with riding. And I think for me, that's the best part of it. Cause I would ride, even if I didn't have the other two things. Right. But, um, but sometimes it, you know, when you're in your own skin and, and you are trying to navigate this world, um, you look for things to just you know, take your mind away from everything. So the freedom aspect is not only are we getting together, um, not only are we teaching each other, so we're learning along the way. Um, but there's a sense of freedom that comes when you're on your bike and, um, and you're just not thinking about what anyone else, uh, thinks or, or anyone else's opinion on, you know, how you spend your time.
0: There's someone listening who goes on the website and doesn't see their city or town listed on there. How can they, Get involved.
1: Um, there, I mean, there are obviously there are areas that we haven't reached yet. Um, I think I, I tried to make the our website as well as our Facebook page and all of our social media really um, just generally inspiring. So if you, you know, if you feel like you don't have a space in the cycling community, um, I, I want our website to really be attractive and and help you realize that you're, you're welcome. Um, And then I encourage women to, you know, show up at your, you know, your local cycling events and, you know, start conversations and you may see someone else that looks like you and, and form a bond or you may not, but not that that's a requirement to form a bond, Mm -hmm. Um, but reach out and and put yourself in those situations. And then you'll figure out where you fit in because a lot of times women come to us uh, at the very early stages of learning how to ride or, you know, learning, you know, what's all involved in being a cyclist. And once they get into our community, they find that they want to pursue maybe mountain biking more uh, passionately or, or BMX riding, you know, or, or racing. So they, they kind of, they kind of find their niche um, once they're introduced to cycling. And so you can do that anywhere um, at any time, just have to sometimes step outside of your comfort zone.
0: Yeah. I saw that you're, you're also working on a race team with USA Cycling.
1: Yeah. Um, that's been, the progress has been slower than I hoped. Um, but, but I think it's for, for good. Uh, but the, the goal is to just kind of handpick some athletes around the country who, um, who are bike black girls do bike members or who have supported us. And they're kind of already on their way or they, or they have the, Instincts and the talent to to race competitively, but they don't have the resources, and um, and we just want to be a resource for them. So my goal is to have at least when we start, um, probably eight uh, athletes that fit into those into that uh, category, and then we'll offer them some you know solid help in terms of things like nutrition, um, even race fees, some some traveling expenses, things like that to get them on their way to competing.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about your Black Girl Magic Cycling Guide?
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, So that was a, that guide came out of the pandemic, really. I was, um, you know, hunkering down like everyone else. And I had this idea for um, a couple of years to just kind of put everything into a a book or an ebook that would summarize all those questions. Because in this community, eight years in, Um, you know, we, I get pretty much the same questions. So I was like, man, if we could just, um, could just put this in a one-stop shop guide to everything that a beginner cyclist would know. And some probably intermediate cyclists would learn some things from the guide as well. Um, I, I, I determined that 2020 was the year I was going to just buckle down and do it. And so it took, it took probably six months which I was surprised, but that's because I kept adding more things, you know, it was like, Oh yeah, this would be helpful for, you know, and Oh, if we talk about this, we should definitely talk about this, you know, and before you knew it, it was like 25 pages, I think. Um, But yeah, so it's a guide um, that we use as a tool to educate uh, new riders, beginner riders, intermediate riders, and it covers everything from, you know, what to take on a bike tour to how to dress for cold weather to um, how to fit your natural hair in, into a helmet, which can be a an obstacle for a lot of folks. Um, so hopefully, it's, it's doing the trick. We've got <laughs> we've got a lot of great feedback on it.
0: Yeah, it sounds really cool. Have you seen um, Have you seen a lot of growth after the pandemic? Because we know that bike sales and bikes in general just got very popular in 2020.
1: Yeah, I think that was the greatest um, surprise that I had during and, and, and following the pandemic, which is that people started riding bikes more and going outdoors more. So it was, it's kind of a, I guess it was bound to happen, right? You tell people to stay indoors and they're gonna, they're gonna rebel. Um, And they also, (laughs) and they, and they also, you know, appreciated suddenly all the things they couldn't do um, for that time. So, yeah, so everybody kind of rushed outdoors Our numbers swelled during the pandemic, even though we weren't riding because we took about a year where we were like, yeah, not sure what's going on here. Let's just, you know, let's not do any organized rides. Um, But certainly things like indoor cycling took off, too. So one of our responses to the pandemic was to um, organize, take some folks who were, you know, really adept at at riding indoors and make them ride leaders and have them um, create indoor rides for our ladies that they could follow along with um and then zwift really took off we have um our chicago chapter and there's one more chapter i can't think of it now um they've been really active on zwift and they have like all these ladies with bgdb after their names so they can all recognize you know who's who and um and they've had weekly sometimes by you know twice a week events um, so that's been really cool to see and and i don't um, I never really got into indoor riding, but I, I got suckered in and, uh, you know, I bought a trainer and, uh, and hooked my, my bike up and we had a nice little setup, big TV and, and it was, it was kind of cool. So, uh, so that came out of, out of the, um, the pandemic for me, I I started indoor cycling.
0: Oh yeah. I'm a big fan of Zwift. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I mean, I love the community. I love the accessibility and, Um, coming from the racing world, it's really breaking down a lot of barriers when it comes to diversity in cycling, which is obviously a huge problem and even more so in professional cycling and, um, just allowing girls from all over the world to be connected to racing in some way that was just never an option before it was possible to race virtually. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to, we're going to be doing a ride series, the February ride series, um, black celebration series is what it's called. So we're going to have a couple rides that anyone can join, which is pretty cool. So, you know, it's not just a woman's only ride. Um, and then I think their work, they have a new club feature, which we're really excited about because it's going to allow us to have, you know, black girls do bike with club. Um, we have a, we have a Strava club right now, which is huge. I think there's like 15 or 1600 folks in it. Um and that's that's always been cool and I've I've loved following the stats on there. So I think uh, I think I'll have a similar experience with Zwift and I'll be able to figure out, you know, who our riders are and how often they're riding and um keep track of their progress. So it should be cool.
0: Yeah, really cool. I'll definitely jump in some rides if I can because that's yeah, super please. fun. Um <laughs> so in your time since you started the group, have you seen diversity in the cycling community grow?
1: Uh I think so. I I, I think so. I came into it, um, not expecting much, right? Because I didn't have much experience with the cycling industry, as they say. Um, but what I found is is basically every city has a group of of women of color who are riding. And what what I hope is that like we've made connections with, um, with some major bike brands. And, uh, and I've seen their efforts firsthand, right. And trying to get, uh, more people of color, you know, not just on bikes, but in the outdoors in general and feeling comfortable. And I, I believe that yes, more women are cycling, um, hopefully because of black girls do bike and other initiatives like black girls do bike. Um, and I think as a whole, I think if you look at everything from bicycling magazine to, you know commercials to advertisements, you, you do see it definitely a lot more focus on um, people of color and their achievements in in cycling. So I think my answer to that is yes. I think we have a, lot, a long way to go, but I'm, I'm certainly happy with the changes I've seen over the last few years. Do
0: you have any long-term goals with Black Girls Do Bike?
1: Um, I get that question a lot. It's a good question. I oh and i say that because i i sure the sky's the limit there there's there's a ton of different directions we could go and i think the the problem is trying to narrow it down right and figure out what our focus really is because we've spent we've spent eight plus years just trying to move the needle and get people to recognize that women of color cycle and they're not riding a bike because they're broke They're they could be riding a bike because they you know actually want to get to work and Feel healthy and can get all the benefits of cycling. Um so I I think we want to focus definitely on girls because there's you know there's obviously it makes sense to get young girls cycling so that they can transition um sooner and be more comfortable on the bike earlier in life and they can learn those those bike skills that they'll need to make them long-term cyclists. Um the race team I'm really excited about and I know there's a ton of possibilities there that if we really create a solid program and grow the program that we could we could almost be a feeder program Um, so that you know there's a lot there and then I have a growth goal because we're at 100 chapters now I would definitely like to expand more internationally and and I hope to have you know like 200 chapters in the next five years or so I think that's completely possible so so yeah those are some of the some of the goals.
0: Very cool. I have I have one more question. It's probably another one that you get quite often. But how can listeners help you to achieve these goals?
1: Um, I break it down into three things. So uh, we are a nonprofit fiscally sponsored nonprofit. So you can certainly uh, make a donation to support our efforts. Um, We have a lot of cool, I would encourage them to check out our shop. Um, I'm told we have a lot of cool gear in our shop. And um, so you could always, you know, purchase something and support it in support of us. Uh, And then we are always looking for expertise. And so all of our chapters, you know, if if there's a chapter in your neck of the woods, certainly reach out to them uh, or reach out to us nationally so that we can connect you with them. And um, you know, whether it be time, energy, uh, or expertise, we appreciate all of that.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was really great to chat with you and I can't wait to see where this goes and hopefully yeah jump in some swift rides
1: <laughs> yeah for sure I, I look forward to uh to it and I appreciate the uh the invitation to speak with you this has been great thank you